Ladies and gentlemen, I said that we would never do it again, but I lie. Of course, whenever we say we're going to do something we never do, whenever we say this is the last time you hear it, we bring it back. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Evening with Jockeys. The first edition of this, we got to know a culture king, Edgar Montplazier. So I figure for the second edition of this, let's get to know another culture king. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Evening with Jackies, we have the one, we have the only, we have the incomparable, Carl Tart. Hello, Carl. How are you? Thank you for having me, Jackies. I am, I'm very happy to have you. I, when I did this with Edgar, I will say that I was very sad that I couldn't do it with you too. We both interviewed each other. Mm-hmm. Back to back. Yeah. And it reminded me of that one time when we did the uh, the compliment thing with each other, which mm-hmm. was one of my favorite favorite uh, episodes uh, that we did as a trio. Uh, also, we, we did the uh, the, the hometown, hometown show, show, which was another one of my favorite episodes yeah. we did that as was a trio. Funny. Yeah, uh, getting to know each other, getting to know each other is always a beautiful thing. So here's how we're gonna do this, Carl. Today on an evening with Jacques, you are going to be telling us. A little bit about you. We're going to go linear. We're going to start as a child. We're going to go through your teenage years, talk about you as an adult, and then we're going to end off with some rapid-fire questions. Okay. At the end of the episode, we're going to get to know Carl just a little bit today. We're going to expose my flaws. We're going to expose all your flaws, man. All your flaws. We're going to get deep, man. We're going to get deep. So, you know, feel free to get as vulnerable as you feel comfortable getting. And we'll explore a little bit, but let's 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 start easy. Let's start easy. Okay. Let's let everybody know what year. What, how old are you, Carl? What year were you born? Uh, I was born in 1989. Uh-huh. I am 30 years old. Jack You're 30 Casey. years old, man. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I came to your 30th birthday party earlier this year. It was yeah. a good time. First birthday party I've had since I was seven. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never really been a big fan of birthday parties. You've had you've had birthday get-togethers though. I'll I'll like if we have like a. A show or something, I'll say like, "Oh, it's my birthday. Come to birth yeah. after something like yeah, that." Yeah, but it yeah. ain't. It ain't never like I don't be sending out a big email. I don't like. This is the first time I've done that. You went somewhere for a birthday party recently, didn't you? Which didn't you, you? Weren't you in Vegas for a birthday like a couple years ago? It wasn't mine. It was. It was Lamar. It was Lamar. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get you. I get you. That's interesting. That's interesting. Why don't you like to celebrate your birthday? It's just too much pressure built up on it. I feel that. And it's like. Sometimes it don't work out the way you want it to work out, but you never kind of know how you want it to work out. Yeah. The people don't show up that you asked to come. And True. Like, you don't get as drunk as you want to do. You don't, you don't, you get too drunk. Yeah. You yeah. Don't, you don't hook up with the person you want to. Yeah. You hook up with too many people. That's true. You no. Know? I, I mean, yeah, dude. I, I, I haven't had many birth. I'm not a huge birthday party person either. Mm. I've had a birthday party at 21. Yeah. And then again at 30. Uh, You were at my 30th birthday party. Three years ago now. Yeah. Um, and that was it. That was the last birthday party I've had. I've contemplated. I was, <laughs> was going to have one last year just because. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole Herald shit happened. I was like, I don't want to see not a damn person. Yeah. Because uh, it was yeah. like a week after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I like birthday party, like inviting friends over, stuff yeah. like that. Also, it, it also always would turn in like my mom would like try to surprise me. With mm. birthday parties and stuff. Mm. And I don't like surprises. Yeah. But my mom is like, 
very much into herself. So it would usually be like, I want to do this because right. I want to be seen as the person who has a party for their son. Because she was doing the same thing this year. She was like, if I had the money, I would be throwing you a 30th birthday party. I said, no. Yeah. Like, I didn't, it's for me. It's my day. Right. Now, this is the first time I ever like told her that, like yeah. to make her kind of understand it. I mean, yeah, at this point, 30 is a big number, man. It is. And that's why I decided to have a get together. Yeah. But other than that, it was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this stuff. And my mom was like, oh, I will be throwing you a party. <laughs> oh, I, will be, I was like, mom, I'm done with this. You did the same thing yeah. when I was younger. It's like, I, if I say I don't want it on my day, I don't, don't want, want it. it. Yeah. Like, you're making it about you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, let's go back. Let's go back. Before we, we talk 30, but let's go back to, to, to childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, here's something that I, I, I honestly feel like many people don't talk about. Sometimes you don't even know the story. Uh, but do you know uh, the story? Did your parents tell you anything about the day you were born? Uh, yeah, my mom told me a little bit about it. Was, tell us so about my it. parents are very young. They mm-hmm. were young when they had me. My mom was 17 when I was born, and my, my dad was 19. And they tell me that when she first told my grandma, who was uh, – it's her grandma, my great-grandma. Yeah. Her mom had passed away by this time, like three years before this two and a half years before this. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, she basically, my grandma became like another, a new mom at, you know, 57 years old. Right. And then two and a half years later was like, Hey, you're going to be a great grandma to this kid who hadn't finished high school yet. Yeah. And so, uh, my mom says that my grandma didn't talk to her for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like did not talk to her for three weeks. And all of a sudden it all broke when one day she came home with like a car full of baby clothes, oh, like yeah. from either a boy or a girl, yeah. and that was what like that's that when she got open. excited. Yeah, that's the same thing that happened because my mom had me when she was sixteen, mm-hmm. and my mom said the same. My grandma said it too. Uh, actually, my grandma was the one who told me the story. It was like I didn't talk to your mom for almost like a month. Yeah, and then my granddad went down to her, told my grandmother, "You need to go talk. She's scared." Yeah, get over yourself and go talk to that girl. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And then just because I think they don't know it. how to handle it too. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe my grandma was scared too because she had just like lost like just lost her, her daughter. daughter and yeah, so it was just like a lot. And her and my mom's mom had her at fifteen. Mm. So I think my grandma was just like, "This is happening all over again," right? And stuff. And so it was just probably a lot on her. And then my mom's dad was. I, apparently, like this, fast forward to the actual birth and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. the pregnancy. He was apparently he was like very upset with my with my dad, like wanted to like kill him, because like, right. <laughs> like uh, none of my other aunts had had babies early or anything. They okay. all waited till they got married and stuff. And he found out who my dad was, and and my dad was at the time like, one of the biggest football players that come out of our hometown. Right. And he was away at college and stuff. And uh, that's when my grandpa was like, oh, oh, that's that's the baby daddy? Oh, okay. It's all good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it was, and so apparently he was just like, who is this dude? Like, I want to know who this dude is. And then my mm-hmm. mom finally told him, like, it's Carl Tart. And he yeah. was like, oh, that boy that played. Oh, okay. Play football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I shit, know man. him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that my, that game? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, because my my grandpa like 
you know, hometown yeah. Mississippi football, everybody knows. Everybody's at the games. Everybody's really invested in the hometown team. Yeah. And there's two towns uh, very close to each other, Pascagoula and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pascagoula and Mississippi. Pascagoula and Moss Point. Okay. And so uh, my grandpa lived in Moss Point. He was the alderman of Moss Point. But he's a police chief of Pascagoula for a long time. And fi- fire chief of Pascagoula. What am I talking about? I gotta get my facts right. He was a fire chief. He was a fireman, and uh, so he knew who who my dad was. Right. Yeah. And right. He was he was upset until he found out who it was. Got it. And got excited. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and real and real quick, because this is uh, so your um how often how much or a little was your dad around through the pregnancy, through birth, and through the early part of your childhood? Um, I don't know about that. Okay. I don't know how much he was around. I'm assuming not that much because he was older than my mom, so he had already went away to college. Right. And he was playing ball and stuff. And the reason I ask that is because uh, it's interesting that you have his name then. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, like, my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. So, like, I took my I took my mother's last name and everything like that. Like, yeah. he, she was like, no, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's interesting, though. Uh, my dad was, I, I'm sure he had to be. He was there. Around he had to be there. around. I think, yeah. I think my parents were still together until I was like two years old. Okay. So I think he was still, I think they were in a long distance. Just a long, okay. Yeah. Because okay. my mom ended up going to the same college. And I think that's when they broke up. Gotcha. When she like got to Jackson State in Mississippi and realized, oh, he's a piece of shit football player. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like we can't be together. Gotcha. But um, yeah, he, I, what's funny about that, the name thing is in the, he must not have been around that much because. There's a picture of me in the incubator, uh-huh. like after I'm born, and the little name tag on it says Hall Boy, and my mom's last name is Hall. Gotcha. And so I'm like, so you oh. have a name right away? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. And I okay. guess maybe that's when it's like I wonder. I should ask my mom about that. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because I'm like, why does it say Hall Boy? And then, uh, then all of a sudden, my name is Carl Tart. Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. Uh, you already said this, but where where were you born? Oh, Pascagoula, Mississippi. Okay, it's um, on the Gulf Coast, down on the water. Yeah, man, down 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 there. Um, yeah. and and like so down there, like you were. Uh, we don't have to get into this, but just to give people a reference, it was also affected by Katrina. Oh, very badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Most it, of my family is has been displaced, but because like. Family in Jackson, family in Jacksonville. I mean, they just didn't come back. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, they just got yeah. they just got new houses and stuff, and just kind of yeah. stayed where they were. Gotcha. All right, so you're born. Everybody, they say your first memory comes at what two, two somewhere around that age. Uh, what is your first most vivid memory? That's tough, man, because I I don't remember. <laughs> like, yeah. I would well, say what's the first, if you go back to like what is the it doesn't have to be like a two but what is like the biggest what's the most vivid memory that you have as a child one thing I can think of right now is uh one time we were at a pool party at my cousin's house mm-hmm. and I thought that I was doing some shit because they had put floaties on me yeah and I I I probably was like three or four okay. at the time and. I had floaties on, so I was able to like move around yeah. in the water when I was not a swimmer, and I wanted I was with the big kids, right? And but also I was I embarrassed very easily, like mm. I still kind of do. Mm-hmm. And so I remember everybody making a big deal about me having these floaties on, 
Ooh, right. he a big boy. He about to swim. You about yeah. to swim. I'm like, just leave me alone. Right. Like, let me get in the water <laughs> with my cousins. At three and four. That's yeah. so funny. Like, yeah. leave me alone. Let me get in the water. And I remember this moment so vividly. All the adults were like on the other side of the pool talking. This probably is like what, what triggers my insecurity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. it was all the adults were on the other side of the pool talking, drinking bottles and James, wine coolers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because they were all like young girls. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. They were all yeah, like were, yeah. high school age or like early bit, college yeah, age. Yeah. Early college age to mid 20s and stuff. Yeah. They were all young and like, it was a big family thing, but like my mom and them was over there. And I remember. This girl, like, was kind of leaning on the side of the pool on, on like, a floating raft thing. Mm-hmm. And then and we were all playing. And she started to float out into the middle of the pool. And she got scared. She was, all, she was probably, like, around my age, like, young yeah. girl, like, three or four or five or something. And she started to get scared in the thing. And I was like, I'll save her. Like that, <laughs> right? I remember saying that. And I remember everybody, on like, at the same time, there was, like, a big, guffaw of laughter yeah. where the adults was and I thought they was laughing at me and I didn't get back in the pool for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, dude, that would stick with you. Yeah, I, and, and I they probably I, weren't laughing at they, they probably would just think about me. Yeah, they, they weren't, weren't thinking paying attention about to what you. these kids. They that was had to be some sort of laughter adult yeah. joke thing. Yeah. And I thought cuz it was the timing of it was as soon as I said I'll save her and then already like them me knowing like cuz I I guess I I think I had the confidence of like I can swim. Right. Like, I'm going to swim. Right. I got these floaty things on. I'm safe. I'm going to get in the water with my cousins. I'm going to swim. Yeah. And they and they're, you know, treating me cutesy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That made me be like, uh, oh, like embarrassed kind of. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when I say that I'll save her like that, like like cuz we was I don't know what we was playing or something, but it was just something in my head that made me say that. And when everybody laughed at the same time, I was just like, "Oh, I'm done. And even, and it's funny though cuz even if they were laughing at you as an adult, we probably know now that they were just like, "Oh, that's so sweet." Yeah. Or like that's it, cute, wasn't or like a, it wasn't like it wasn't like a like you should be embarrassed laugh. Yeah. But we don't we don't know that. We don't compute things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. All right. So what uh what was the what was the apartment or house like that you grew up in? So the first house, the house in Mississippi that I grew up in was my grandma's house. Um, it was like a three-bedroom house that my grandma had built. She bought the land and she built it. Mm-hmm. It was in a neighborhood. It was across the street from this office building called mm-hmm. a Millette building. And it, it's still there. And uh, that 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 building had like a big parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so on my street, it wasn't about old people. Like I would have to go to my, my dad's mom's house, and that was where – like the kids were the rec the rec center was right next door to her house, mm-hmm. and that's where like the kids were. But because my grandma was like raising me, because my mom ended up going, you know, she went to college and then stuff like that. So at this time, and then like she spent like one year back at home before she moved here uh, to L.A. And so, um, yeah, it was like I would be over there riding my bike. I had a GT, so I was doing all types of mm-hmm. you know tricks and flips. I used to be pretty good on the bike. I wish I had known that you could make a career out a of it. A career out of BMX? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I used to be like all, like my grandma used to be so mad because she would just like come out and just like see me on the handlebars yeah. like doing. Oh man, I wish I could do that. Get out of that kid. damn bike. I was so bad at that shit. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, it was, was, I, I was too scared of pain. Mm. Like I had a, because I think at that age, when I was five, or six is when I ran into the side of an oven and got stitches and knocked myself out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was aware of how bad pain can hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like so anything, and I wasn't like a scary kid, but anything where I was like, 
oh, this could end badly. Mm-hmm. It just made me nervous. That's so interesting. How old were you when you ran into the stone? Like four or five. Oh, okay. When I was yeah. 10 months old, I put my, I was learning to walk. Yeah. And I put my hands on the side of the stove while my grandma was baking. Oh, you burned And got shit second degree hands. burns. Yeah. And so, and I found that out uh, because I was looking at pictures and my hands, I was like, mom, why do I have socks on my hands? And my mom yeah. just started crying. <laughs> she, like, she was away at college <laughs> yeah. when it happened. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, and you can still see like dark spots. It always looks like my hands are dirty. Yeah. And it's, it's from it's just that. that burn. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's good you don't remember it. No, I don't remember that. But uh, I do remember my, my chain coming off my bike and me being a dumbass instead of like rolling into the grass or something, I turned into my grandma's carport where there was two stairs, like two oh, concrete stairs, oh. and I ran right into it and flipped across the top of the handlebars and, and just like, you know how you, that cry that it hurts so bad but the cry don't hit you yet? Yeah. It's just silence. I just went, <laughs> <Yeah>. ah! <laughs> then, ah! Like, it was just like. It was. It hurt so much. Yeah, dude, you busted your shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you busted your shit bad. Uh, yeah, she had a big old yard. The house, like the house was. It, the house is a fairly small house. Yeah, but the yard is like fifty yards. Oh shit. And, okay. So like, you got land. Yeah, and so that was where you know me and my cousins was back there playing football, yeah. and baseball, and stuff, and that's dope. Blackberry bushes and trees, magnolia trees, climbing. And stuff. Oh shit. And, dope. Yeah. Straight up country living. Yeah, I love it. Uh, all right. Now I, I I just know this from knowing you, but like you have a your your parent your parent history, uh, is obviously your mom, some of your dad, but mostly your great grandmother, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so tell tell me, like what memories you have of each one of those those three, um, whether it's together or one individual memory that you have that kind of is like, oh yeah, that is my mom, that's my great-grandma, that's yeah. my dad. So my great-grandma was a, a slick-talking Southern woman mm-hmm. who would, like, I remember she would use the bathroom with the door open and had to be smoking <laughs> a cigarette and ash the cigarette in the toilet, like just like While she's lift on her the leg toilet. up. And, <laughs> And what a just, crazy memory to and, have. Yeah, and then just like, but she was all she she would embarrass me because she was like she cared about me a ton. Yeah, like she was I was she felt so overprotective of me, and I don't think it was good for her at that age. Right, because she was when I was born, she was like sixty. So right. in her early sixties, early like through her sixties, she was raising me mm-hmm. for that nine years before she got sick, and so like. I remember she would embarrass me because she would like I played baseball in town mm-hmm. and she would come to my games and she had a hat that was an umbrella <laughs> <laughs> like a rainbow umbrella and I yeah. always knew oh here comes my grandma yeah. with that damn rainbow umbrella hat <laughs> and uh <laughs> and she you know um uh, would always whenever I have friends come over mm-hmm. She was so stingy. She didn't want like none none of my friends to eat none of our snacks that we had and stuff like that. Yeah. Or like uh, she would go like get like cheap snacks, like duplex cookies from Family Dollar. Like that's what that's what them little kids eat when they come over here. Yeah. And she would like which them cookies was good as shit. They was fine. They was fine. <laughs> yeah. She get like she get like them duplex cookies from Family Dollar. Yeah. And like a big jug of red drink. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And that was because that was like seventy nine cent I think. And that was like what the kids. 
had, but right. like under her bed, she kept like a case of Coca Colas. <laughs> that sounds like a yeah. southern ass grandma. Yeah, my grandma did that. Still do that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, but that was, she kept them under her bed, and she would like yeah. when she wanted a coke, like if she knew she was about to cook dinner or something, she would like put two cokes in the freezer. Yeah, so she could you know, uh, and she would let me get one if I didn't have no friends over or something like that. But then she would like call me in the back room and say, "Call, come here, let me show you something." And then she'd be like, don't you be letting them little boys eat up all my damn snacks. Don't be letting them drink up my Cokes. Don't be letting, it's like, Grandma, I'm not. Like, yeah. I'm not yeah. offering them that stuff. I'm not. That's not what's happening. Like, yeah. But that that was my grandma uh, picking me up from school every day on yeah. time and stuff. And that's I, that's actually like when we knew she was getting sick was when she started forgetting to pick me up from school. Mm-hmm. Or would like be late. I would be like the last kid. Because she would be the first parent there. Yeah. Like I'd be wanting to be outside. Rough house Playing. with my friends and stuff. And she would always there. be out there in that Cadillac. Uh, uh. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, like, <laughs> damn. What and what a crazy, what a crazy, uh, like barometer what? to like realize that oh something is happening. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. She started repeating herself, and then was not picking me up from school. Also, one day, uh, I so my elementary school was close to my other grandma's house, my dad's mom, mm-hmm. and one day, uh, I told her. Before, like when she was getting me ready for school in the morning, I said to her, uh, "Hey, is it, I asked, can I can I walk to my mama's house mm. after school? Because that's that's all the kids who lived in that neighborhood. The ones I was telling you about, they would all walk that direction. Mm. So I had a it was a big group of twenty of us walking to the wreck. And I was like, can I walk to my mama's house today? And she said, yeah. She said, call your mama and see if it's okay. And then I called my mama, and my mom said, yeah, I'll be off work at three o'clock. Like, come, yeah, you can mm. walk over here. And I did, and then afterwards, when I left, apparently, like, there was, like, a big manhunt to see where I was, because she oh, had forgotten she forgot. that I had, that I was doing it. And I was like, oh, something is Something's wrong. wrong. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's sad. That's sad. That's a sad thing to remember, too. Yeah. Just because you, cause you remember the turning points, right? Yeah. yeah. And my, uh, what you, about, know, you need the other one? My mom yeah, and my... Yeah, what about your mom and dad? My mom, uh, she... Was always a very like young, lively person. Mm-hmm. Always the life of the party. Very dramatic. Like yeah. she always wanted to be an actor and stuff like that. So she was, and she was for yeah. a little bit. For those people who don't know, like yeah, 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 she was on like Martin and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, she did good when she first came out here. Yeah, um, she was. It was always great to have her come home because I would mm-hmm. be. I was a bored little kid. I would go to my aunt's house, and my aunt had three kids, but they were adults like mm. older like the, her youngest daughter is 10 years older than me so when i was okay. like five six seven she was 15 16 17 yeah and then her other two kids was you know in and out of jail and stuff like <laughs> right. but it's like but they still were like that was my family I, I liked going up there to her house she lived in moss point too the, okay. the town over and so i would go up there and it was kids in that neighborhood it was a kid across the street named man man he was bad Mm-hmm. And that, of course, it was bad. His yeah, name was Man Man. 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 Yeah. Every every goddamn hood got yeah. a Man Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we walked to the candy lady. Now, did yeah. y'all have the candy lady in yeah. Chicago? Yeah, yeah, we did. And she would sell candy uh, from her basement. But there was a window, like the window that would be at the at the sidewalk level, which mm-hmm. was the top of the basement. Yeah. And she would just open that, and as you would give the money, and that's how she would give the candy. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you knew the exact window to go to. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Our candy lady was uh, down the street from us, and she would sell, like, you know, like fruities mm-hmm. like, for like a penny. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you had a dollar, like, oh, you, you racking was, up. You got a pickle. Oh, you got a pig feet. 
You <laughs> like she would sell pig feet too. Yeah, I didn't like pig feet. I didn't either. But uh, yeah, and but anyway, like I would go up there, but I was bored at my at my grandma's house in Pascagoula because right. she would come home, turn on the OJ trial, and then I would just be like stuck and I couldn't go nowhere. That's that's right. kind of how I developed my a my love for television, mm-hmm. my love for comedy TV and cartoons and just like being in my imagination, right. you know, doing characters and stuff like that. Like, right, that's right, how right. I like and. But when my mom came home, it was fun because my mom was young. So, so like, she would like. Yeah, she wanted yeah. to get out in the streets. She wanted to like, come on, we finna go ride. And like, mm-hmm. go. we would get in the car and go to her friend's house who had kids. And like, it would just be like, oh, my mom's home. Like, right. mom's home from college. We finna have fun. It, was all, it seemed like it was always like a barbecue yeah. or something going on when she was home. And probably because it was summertime. Right. <laughs> so right. like, because she was home from college. And so that's that's my memories of my mom. And it wasn't, and it was a little different because she wasn't your raising parent at that point. Yeah, like so. Whenever she came home, she felt she probably felt like she had time to make up for. Yeah, she definitely did. We talked on the phone every day. Like she would call every day. Right, right, right. But but she she wanted to like spend some time with you. Yeah, and like have you enjoy her being around. Yeah, she would come to my baseball games and stuff too, and be the loudest one in the crowd, yelling and stuff. And that's my that's my memories of of her from at around that time yeah. before before I got here and became she became my full time parent. But and then my dad he lived up in Jackson, okay. so he was three and a half hours away. Okay, so he would come down maybe like once a month or once every two months or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I knew, he would call and say he was on his way, and so you I would be excited to see him. And you knew he was coming because you could hear his music bumping all the way down the street. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, my so dad's so, here. <laughs> so crazy, the similarities. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, like neighborhoods knew, and I shit. I knew yeah. my dad was coming. I was like, I, as soon as I would hear that boom, 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 like whatever it was like <laughs> hot at the time. It was like, this is like the mid-90s, so he was probably listening to like either UGK yeah. or some West Coast, like Dr. Dre or Snoop or something like that, or like Too Short. He was a real big Too Short fan. Yeah, yeah. And like- it was like when you heard that when you sat when you heard them aluminum cans in the back of the, the Pontiac Sunbird or whatever yeah, Sunfire. Yeah, yeah. It was like my dad's here, and then he would come pick me up, and then we would do the same thing that he would I would do with my mom, like go to around all his friends' house, right? And, and everybody tell me how much I look like him and all that type of stuff, and it was just like fun. But I would get him for such a short amount of time, and I was right. always very excited to see him. And I think my mom didn't always like that. Right. But it was just like, I never see him. Like, I see right. you. I talk to you every day. Like, I never really see him. Yeah. And so it's always exciting to see him. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like a different experience. Because my mom was like my grandma. Like, it was like. Right. She was still your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would have fun with you, but she would also be like, boy, sit your ass down. Yeah, if yeah, she needed to. Yeah. And my dad, you know, he was he was a strict, stern parent too. But and then, but only time I didn't like being with my dad was when he would take me over to his mom's house. Mm. and leave me there <laughs> and i would just be like man i want to go back to my house like, yeah i ain't have all my toys over there my grandma was weird about me watching tv it's my momo right and like and but my papa her husband he was great yeah like i loved him he was one of the biggest he was more a father figure in my life than my dad and your was. dad was yeah. Yeah. yeah he was he was a real huge influence gotcha before we go to break let's do some rapid fire stuff real quick real quick we're gonna do this a couple times uh, what kind of things did your family spend money on? Like two, three things that you can remember. Like, oh, we spend money on this. Uh, my grandma bought her cokes, mm-hmm. a case of coke from Walmart. It was Sam's Club, so I guess she didn't really spend money on it. <laughs> <laughs> right, case, she had probably like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, little Debbie snack cakes. Okay. Yeah, okay. we did spend money on that. 
Um, my mama, when she would come home, we would go to this thing called the Silver Screen, which was a pizza serving movie theater. Oh, dope. That had like round tables. Yeah, yeah. And she was, but she would spend money on that. But also for a while, she would kept telling me that I was only two years old. Oh, that's one of my early memories. So oh. I think I was like three or four. And we went to the Silver Screen one time to watch Free Willy. <laughs> and, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> we went to the Silver Screen and watched Free Willy. And she was like, now remember, you too. You too when we get in here. <laughs> And then we went right. back again to watch something else, and I was like, "How old am I today, Mama?" <laughs> in front of the person. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, That's so funny. And my dude. mom tells me that she was mortified when I yeah. said that. I was like, "I kind of remember. I don't remember saying that, right. but I remember that day. You got us going to you the gotta write screen. that, dude. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. That's very funny and relatable as shit to yeah. black people. Yeah. Did you have a secret place or a favorite hiding spot? Yeah, in my toy box. In your toy, like you would yeah. just get in there. My grandmama got me. This man in town made me a a big like case. Yeah. At the time, it felt huge. Like, it was like a coffin. But now, I'm, it doesn't exist anymore. It got washed away in Katrina. But, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, it was like it's probably like a four foot by two foot box to keep yeah. my wood box that to keep my toys. I'd love to get in that. That's and cool. watch TV and stuff. That's cool. And I think you answered this already, but in those early memories, you know, your your Mississippi days, who would you say was your more strict parent? More strict? Yeah. Out of my mom, my dad, and my grandma? Yeah. Uh my my grandma. Your grandma? Yeah. She, she had that she had that southern flair. Yeah, she was just she was just super overprotective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, especially with the age difference. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Well tell you what. Let's get to know you as you come on to LA, which is where I feel like the true origin story yeah. comes in. <laughs> we'll get there right after the break. We'll be back to an evening with Jackies. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to an evening with Jackies. We are here with Carl Tart. We've learned a little bit about his early life in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Am I saying that right? Pascagoula? Mm-hmm. Pascagoula, Mississippi. P-A-S-C-A-G-O-U-L-A. Love it. All right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. We're gonna we're, we're gonna wrap up the that portion of your life. But correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, when you moved out to L.A., even though I I, I just noticed because I know you, you did move back to Mississippi for a very short amount of time. Yeah. But you would you say that that is where a lot of your family and extended family times in big chunks came from? What you What you mean? So, like for instance, <laughs> like I grew up with a lot of my cousins and shit like that mm-hmm. too. Uh, but then a cousin died, and then uh, you know one of the one of my cousins died, older cousin, and then people start moving to Florida, and it was just like a pinpoint change where, like things just changed. I didn't see as much family anymore. Yeah, like I still saw them, but now I would see family members like three, four, five days a week. Yeah, to like maybe now once a month, once every two, three months. Would yeah. you say that that was the change moving to LA? When I moved to LA, I didn't see nobody anymore. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was just me and my mom. Because okay. also a little bit before my brother was born. Right. And right. So, like, it was literally just me and my mom and this dude that she was dating. Gotcha. Who I didn't like at the time just because he wasn't my dad. Right. Right. He's right, a great right. guy. Is he your, is that he's, your brother's yeah, dad? Yeah, my brother's dad. Okay. He's a great dude. Like, he's, he's a real good father. Yeah. He's always there for my brother and stuff like that, but I just didn't like him. That's also, good. why I don't like the Lakers. Because he's a Laker Because he's fan. a Laker fan. That's he's a funny. he's a local. He's an LA local. So I was like, I'm gonna do the exact opposite of what you're doing. Right, right. That's very funny. So, what was so just wrapping wrapping that up? What were some family traditions then? Like, 
How did your family celebrate? Let's go to this. How did your family celebrate holidays? Um, Out here? Well, w- before do you move to L.A.? Oh, before I moved to L.A., it was always like my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Like either my grandma's house would have something or so because I had, you know, two separate sides of family, mm-hmm. it would be like, but still close, like because it's a small town. Everybody kind of knew each other. Like it was definitely like that thing my grandma would see my other grandma and go, hey, Steve. Like, right. My grandma's name is Augustine. <laughs> yeah, go, hey, yeah. Steve. My other girl go, hey, Miss Green, how you doing? Like, right. It's just that, yeah. like, you know, like, it's family, even though it's not family. So. Right. But um, it was always, like, Christmas Eve. Thanksgiving, my grandma cooked, and we would be at my grandma's house. Fourth of July was mostly at my aunt's house. Okay. Which is, that is a really fond memory, too. Fourth of July, 1995. I had on this dope-ass Power Ranger shirt, and the whole family was there. It was oh. dope. Damn. At my auntie's house. But that was like in Moss Point, my auntie's house, 4th of July with barbecue and stuff. And then probably other extended family would come over throughout the end of the day and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving was always at my grandma's house uh, around the dinner table and stuff. And then Christmas was always at my grandma's house too. And it would be Christmas Eve was when both sides of the family came over at night. So all the kids would be there. And all the adults would be in there drinking Crown Royal and stuff. like. <laughs> and at like, I would say probably about 10 o'clock, they'd be like, all right, y'all got to go to bed. Santa Claus on his way. Because yeah. on the news, they would play like Santa Claus is circling Mobile, Alabama. Like he's That's fun. he's coming close. He's almost here, like blah, blah, blah. And so they'd be like, all right, all y'all got to go to bed. The kids got to go to bed, blah, blah, blah. And the, the adults, they would make us go to bed. And they would be loud as hell in there <laughs> until like 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> They would be so damn loud and drunk. You couldn't, be, you couldn't go to sleep at all. You can't go to sleep. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to see Santa Claus when he show up. <laughs> but I'm still up. But, like, that was, and, and that was, so that was, my, my grandma would make gumbo. So that mm. was the gumbo night and okay. a couple pies and stuff and on Christmas Eve. And so all the adults would come over and party all yeah. night. And that would be, those were always fond memories because that would be, like my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family, all in my grandma's house. Yeah, and so I got both parents there together and cousins from both sides of the family and having a good time and stuff. And then we wake up the next morning, the living room, which was off limits to my grandma's house, by the way. Mm. So where my toy box was and TV and all that type of stuff, that was in the den. Okay, but the living room was like where the nice furniture was, the china right. cabinet, all that type of stuff was. Yeah, the off limit shit. Yeah, couldn't go in there. Yeah, unless we had company. And so that, but and that's where the Christmas tree was set up at. So on Christmas morning, that's what we would rush into would rush and into open it. all the yeah. gifts and stuff. And they used to set me up, man. Christmas used to be dope. Yeah. Like, it was, I, I always had really good Christmases. And then after I get done with all that, eat breakfast and stuff, get dressed, put on my new cologne, whatever my mom got me <laughs> as a little kid, you know, yeah, yeah. and my new Christmas clothes or whatever, a gold chain or something. Like, that's when we go over to my grandma's house. Yeah. And then I have Christmas over there. That's so dope. Because they got me just as much, because I was the youngest baby in that family, so too. So you got spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I was spoiled. And I would go over there and get stuff. And then, like, it would be, like, random, like, I would, it, it, probably bad planning, but, like, they sometimes they would coordinate on gifts. So, like, I would, like, be in my grandma's house on my mom's side and open up a bunch of video games. Be like, okay, so where's the system? <laughs> and then go to my other right, grandma's right, house, right. and that's that, where the system was. And that's where the system was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> be like... PlayStation Two games. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I ain't got no PlayStation Two. Yeah, but yeah, that's how that was how f- holidays. What was down. the best gift you ever received as a child? Um, a drum set. Cool. Yeah, a drum set or a, my pool table. I really like those two things. Okay. Yeah. Let's fast forward. Uh, now we already know you. You moved to LA mm-hmm. uh, with your mom. You come out here. Um, 
<clears throat> what? I'm just gonna ask you just some some questions, not necessarily about your life out like at that moment, but just things you remember through during those formative years. Like, what's some big world events that you remember from the time you were growing up? By the time you moved out here, by the time I moved out here, yeah. Um, they had this winter storm out here. They call it El Nino, mm-hmm. and El Nino was some bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't even that much rain. Yeah, I'm coming from where we have hurricanes. Exactly, and you know. In my early years, we didn't have no, like, crazy hurricanes, but we did have hurricanes that hit that were just like, oh, board up your windows, but you're fine. Right, right. Like, But it's real fucking rain. Yeah, yeah. real rain. Like, just, just a summer thunderstorm yeah. is scary yeah. compared to what this damn, like, when the power cuts off or something. We got light candles. And, yeah. But El Nino. And then 9-11, I think that was, like, okay. a big significant moment. How were you at 9-11? I was 12. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was 12 years old. I had just gotten up for school and uh i actually had just flown back from mississippi a couple like a week before that mm-hmm. because it was summer break because 9 11 happened in september and that's when school starts out here right and i remember our, our neighbor like leaning out the window and go did you see they they're blowing up new york <laughs> that sound like yeah yeah and yeah it was like oh, just the exaggeration i mean it's not an exaggeration but yeah. also an exaggeration yeah and my mom was like oh yeah i saw something about that on the news and then on the radio, the whole way to school, like the morning shows and stuff was just like, yes, something going on out there that says yeah. terrorist attack, blah, blah, blah. Then we get to school and then we just watching it on TV all day. Yeah. What a crazy time, man. I, You know, we're due, which is a very scary thought mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to think of just as people. Yeah. Because that was 18, almost 19 years ago now, right? Uh, and big moments like that seemingly don't wait twenty years. Every twenty years, to I mean, happen, you know, what was the big moment before that though? I mean, probably it's like Pearl Harbor. No, well, I'm not thinking. I'm thinking like you know Martin Luther King getting shot. Oh, well, we had those moments though. When how? all these all, all these school shootings, shootings we've all these just become shootings? desensitized. Yeah, to yeah, we yeah. had terroristic moments like yes. school shootings. The Vegas shooting was pretty bad. That was that was horrible. It's it's sad that we have become desensitized to just that in yeah. general. Uh to the, even the point where I'm saying like, "Oh yeah, but I'm talking about like somebody big dying," which mm-hmm. is a crazy fucking thing to say. Yeah. But but yeah. Um all right. Real, real quick. Just just I don't want to skip this part because this is a big moment moving. Mm-hmm. Right? Moving from one city to another, especially a city like Mississippi or a state like Mississippi to sunny LA. Los Angeles, California, yeah. right? Uh, and now also, which I feel like is, is is twofold for you because also now you're moving with your mom to be a full-time, as your full-time parent. Yeah. Uh, which is something that a lot of kids don't really, like I grew up with my mom. My grandmother was like the mom, yeah. but my mom lived in a house. Like She was my mom, too. I had two moms, essentially, mm-hmm. in-house. Yeah, that's how I was in, in Mississippi, too. Yeah, okay. Like my mom, she never had her own apartment. Right, 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 right. But yeah. she was gone for college and stuff, and then moved out here and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. How was that? How 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 would, how did that shape you? I just, I was excited. I mean, I was scared at first, because the first time I ever getting on a plane, mm-hmm. it was uh, Delta mm-hmm. from New Orleans. To L.A. straight through. They gave me the little wings. I was flying by myself as a kid. And uh, so everybody was really nice to me. They gave me like a little gift bag with a ginger ale and some cookies and stuff like that yeah. in it. I was crying when I first got on. This woman who was sitting next to me was like, oh, my God, he's crying. And mm-hmm. she's like being nice and like 
handing me some gum and stuff like that. And then like the the pilot got on or or no, not the pilot, but the uh flight the flight attendant got on. So we have a a special flyer today. His name yeah. is Carl and he's flying by himself. It was a big to do. Yeah, it was a big to do, me flying by myself. And then uh fell asleep a little bit on the plane, woke up. We landed. It was all crazy. It was crazy on that flight, like taking off and landing and stuff like that. Got off the plane. They walked me out. And this is before 9-11. Yeah. So my mom was well, there. Well, first I see, she's like hiding behind a pillar. <laughs> and I see the dude that eventually would be my, become my brother's dad. I see him and I go, I recognize him from mm-hmm. the pictures and stuff mm-hmm. that she sends. And then she like poked her head out. And I was like, ma! And I like ran over. <laughs> and, her. and this day- we get out and we're walking out and she has her car that she had in Mississippi because she drove it out here. Yeah. And so it was cool to be back in now. Yeah, I was like, I was oh, yeah, say, you still got cool. your car. Like, yeah. But it's in like a different city. Right. Like, it was, that was crazy. If It's a little slice of home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it still had Mississippi tags on and everything. And uh, she, I asked her, I was like, can we go to McDonald's? I was like, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Can we go to McDonald's? And Because I hadn't really eaten much. And she was like, no, I'm going to take you somewhere better. You're going to like this place. Mm-hmm. And she took me to Roscoe's. Yeah. It's your first L.A. meal. Yeah. Yeah. How dope. And so that's why I like it so much. Yeah. That's why I be getting mad at you, you when you're talking about the chicken ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell y'all listeners something right now. <laughs> Jaquise shits on Roscoe's all the time. But let I get a text from him today. Hey, after we record the pod, you want to go to Roscoe's? Hey, we were that's supposed to go. That's how I read text. That's how we, we were supposed like to go to Roscoe's <laughs> with Jack and Edgar. Stuff yeah. didn't work out, and I've had a taste for it for two fucking weeks. Yeah. It didn't work out. You weren't invited, Sophie. <laughs> it didn't work out today. It didn't work. Well, yeah, we didn't go. We didn't go. Edgar, oh. Jack, Dan, I mean, Nick. We, yeah, uh, we was going Miles, with the whole, we was going with everybody. Anna, the dog. And it didn't work out. I apologize, Sophie. I apologize. But I just had a taste for it, and, and it's not happening anymore. But that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, dude, that's special, man. That's special as shit because yeah. it is. Not only is it just good, it also is your introduction to LA with basically your new life. Yeah, <laughs> like, and she gave me like we went on like a little tour, so like we came to the one in here in Hollywood. Yeah, we didn't go to the one on Pico because he they was like, oh, let's just go to the one in Hollywood so he can see the Hollywood Hollywood sign, sign and all that type of yeah. stuff. We saw all that, and but actually we was taking La Brea from the airport, and you yeah. could see the Hollywood sign from there. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I'll circle back to this question, but we've talked about like just your youth, right? Mm-hmm. And we're we're probably up to about 14 right now. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. That's a, that's, that's, that's a huge chunk of things that we remember in life. You've grown up. Yeah. Uh, you're not an adult. You still got a lot of growing to do, but you've gone through an entire fucking phase of your life. Mm-hmm. What would you say is different from when you were growing up to what you perceive kids now are growing up with. Because you also have a younger brother who is almost 10 years younger than you. He is exactly 10. Yeah, so you also have that You have that barometer as well. Yeah. But even even beyond him, because even beyond him is another, a whole other fucking generation. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is different between those two things? I'll tell you what. January 5th, 2003 mm-hmm. was the day that I got my first cell phone. Mm-hmm. So I was 14 years old when I got this Nokia damn burner phone yeah oh it was a virgin mobile and it had like monophonic ringtones mm-hmm. <laughs> and i would buy like songs i use, use up all my prepaid minutes 
to buy. And my mom would get mad at me because she would be like, buy me like a $10 prepaid card or a $15 yeah. prepaid card. The younger generation has had phones since they was in kindergarten. Yeah. Like, That's insane. Also, I remember not having a home computer. Right. Now, we were a little bit late to this anyway. My mom bought our first computer. I'm going back. I'm not 14 yet. Well, I'm like but nine. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. she brought she bought a computer when she was pregnant because she was just like, you're going to need something to distract you because mm-hmm. I'm going to be with the baby majority of the time. Yeah. And so we went out and we bought a computer. We went to uh, Circuit City. Rest in peace. Rest in R.I.P. Circuit City. Yeah. And bought a computer. Yeah. And, and this is, this is, you're around 10, so this is yeah. 1999. Yeah. 99, 98, 99. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I would say for me, at that age, we just weren't like as in, and it sounds so crazy, but we just weren't like buried in our phones. Yeah, we were still like we didn't get buried in our phones until Psychic came out. True, and I was so I think, my, and even beyond that, because yeah. like I, I remember when texting cost money. Yeah, uh, and 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 fuck fuck that fuck texting cost money. I remember when I had to, you had to log on to the internet. Yeah. On your phone to text. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just text without internet service. That's crazy. I don't remember that. I didn't uh, have a phone by then. I mean, it was around the same time, but yeah. it was just with Sprint. Like, it wasn't, there was no text message plan. Yeah, no, text message was very expensive. I uh, I got in trouble for texting. Yeah, because it was expensive It was like shit. 30 cents a text or something. Like, yeah. It was crazy. Um, I do. I That was my first collection. Yeah. Was Sprint. My Sprint cell phone. Because my mom was like, I'm not paying this shit. This is to it. This is a five hundred dollar fucking cell phone bill. Oh my god! She was gosh. like, "You pay this." Yeah, and I didn't. Of course. And yeah. that shit went to collections. Still on your credit? No, nah, it dropped off finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's it called? I uh, Sidekicks had AIM. Yeah. And so that's why I think I think my generation. I say if you if you between twenty seven and thirty four mm-hmm. right now, or twenty seven, mm-hmm. thirty three, thirty four, somewhere in there, you witnessed the biggest shifts oh yeah i say we, that we went all the time yeah i think we witnessed like a not having computers and internet in the house to having it yeah b not having text messages and still like being present with your friends and stuff like that to you know no longer doing that yeah like let's change not having when did you get your first cell phone 2003 yeah so everybody was getting them when they oh we got our cell phones when we were older yeah like, i was i was I was, was a senior in high school. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, and I was in eighth grade going to ninth. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it's like we, 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 I think our generation witnessed the biggest shifts in I the mean, culture. Because did you have, did you, were you on Facebook when it was still just college kids? Uh, My last year, or when did I graduate college? Um, Yes, I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. Like my, my freshman year was 2004, mm-hmm. and I joined Facebook in 2006. And it was it was it was still college kids, but like the next year is when it started. They started letting other people yeah, come and on. that's when we got on because that that it was the next year. Yeah, uh, we got on at I I joined Facebook the day after prom because at the time yeah. MySpace was lit. MySpace was it like, but yeah. everybody started getting fished, so everybody's accounts started turning into these like free Ray Bans. Like, not, yeah. like, everybody, and you couldn't log in. They was changing your name. You're like some weird Russian bot shit. Yeah. And then everybody was like, we got to find something new to do. Like, we got to delete our MySpaces. And there's, well, there's this Facebook thing. Yeah. And we joined Facebook. And we were all mad because you couldn't put 
fake names right. on Facebook. Right, I remember that <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, you had to put your real name yeah. and stuff. My name was like C. Tizzy. Uh, had my click name in it. Like <laughs> it was like all this crazy shit. Yeah, all that HTML code shit. Were you on Black Planet? Yeah. I see. I wasn't allowed to be. Yeah, I, I didn't was. Get Very. I mean, but not not long. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like it kind of when I got on it, it kind of the popularity of it kind of dissipated. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to bring it back last week. I know, right? I, I know. Gonna, I ain't gonna give my information to that fucking no, non-encrypted site. Yeah, this shit gonna <laughs> steal all our identities. Yeah. Dude. Um, what were some popular phrases, or what were phrases that were popular when you were a teenager? When I was a teenager, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Damn. Are you are you trying to shoot? Like we would say <laughs> that that would be like to somebody say something crazy to you, like, "Oh, you trying to shoot?" Yeah. You trying to roast? Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would yeah, ask yeah. them first before you come back. We would also do this thing. I don't I don't know if this was just our school or if this was like a LA thing, but somebody would say something and while you're waiting on a while you waiting to think of a comeback, we would go, Whoa guy. Whoa guy, <laughs> for real? Whoa. Yo, we did that too. Whoa it, guy. <laughs> we did it. It was almost like the uh the guy from Friends. Our shit was like, Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, hold and then it. we would always Whoa. do the hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, hold your horses, guy. Yeah. Are you for real? Are you for real gonna say that to me with them shoes on right now? Whoa, guy. Whoa, for real? You wanna come in my shoes like that? Hold yeah, your yeah, horses. Yeah. We would we would say, "Whoa, guy." Uh, we would say, "You trying to shoot? Are you trying to roast?" Uh, what else was we we had a lot of weird ass words that yeah. we would use at my school. I don't think many other people. That was when we first started saying like function. Like, see, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I that was a. That. That was that was a L.A. or a California like function was like oh so we was at the function and like gotcha yeah like, like that was like a thing that we was first started saying at that time uh, phrases and that's a good question because I I'm trying to remember like I would need my friends to like refresh my memory yeah like, what we used to say oh we used to say uh, <laughs> we used to say uh, this and I th- I definitely think this is just me and my friends mm-hmm. we would call each other puss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like anything that was like somebody would say something like Nigga, you trash like you're not even you're not even good it's like whoa puss not, <laughs> not <laughs> like it, it was so dumb it's my it's friend so terry dumb. my friend terry who would like who in like i think he may have invented puss and we would also say <laughs> we would say deep yeah like, i'm about yeah. to i'm about to deep i'm about to deep i'm about like, to oh yeah like, that don't like make sense leaving it, it made no sense yeah we would we were just so dumb that's so funny yeah before we go to a break uh where i obviously we we we're acquainted with what your dreams and goals are now to a degree you mm-hmm. probably have bigger even brighter aspirations what were some of your dreams and goals right before the switch to what you're doing now? Uh, I still wanted to play basketball. Okay, and I did. When did that? When did that manifest? When did when did that you wanted to play basketball like professionally? Um, that came out. That came about in middle school. Okay, when I first realized that I was pretty good. Okay, because I was like being. I was pretty good center. Okay. For myself, I was just like a bigger kid, yeah, and I was like pretty dominant, and, and not knowing that I was only going to grow to six two, right? Like, which you know, be a shooting guard, yeah, but or a point guard. Nobody ever invested the time in me to learn to dribble and stuff. Gotcha. Like, like I, I learned that naturally as I got older, and you know, I got shorter. Gotcha. We're gonna start getting over into the adulthood, the college years of Carl Tart. When we come back from break. 
This is An Evening with Jackies. Welcome back. The evening is winding down. Uh, when I did this before with Edgar, we got through a lot very quickly. But I'm loving because we're getting more in depth with you, Carl. It's taking a long it. time, huh? I'm loving it, though. I'm loving it. I may start. We we are skipping big chunks. We're skipping big chunks of stuff. But I'm gonna ask you some some questions that I really want to know. Okay. Uh, I already asked you what your dreams and goals were when you graduated. Uh, sorry. Let me get. Let me give it. By the time I graduated high school, mm-hmm. my dreams and goals had shifted to just playing college basketball. To I knew just, I, I knew I wasn't gonna be a pro professional. You knew at that point. Yeah. So what did so then what did what would you say? All right, well then let's let's talk that. Um mm-hmm. where did you go to college? I started at Wilberforce University mm-hmm. in Ohio. Okay. The first black private institution in America. Really? I found it during slavery. Okay. Um I started there. It was a culture shock. Mm-hmm. I was coming from LA. And we to had, the Midwest. Too. Yeah. We had already started wearing skinny jeans out here. And I was like skinny jeans and vans and like What year is this? This is two thousand seven. Okay. Uh, I was an engineering major, so I had to go to Summer Bridge program. Okay, and so I literally left. We I graduated June twenty fourth. I mean June twentieth. I was on a plane on June twenty fourth mm-hmm. to go to Ohio, and I was not happy about it because I did not want to go that right. that soon, you know. And get down there, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like the dudes are haters because they don't like everything is like foreign to them. The way I dress, the way I like. Got my hair cut. We was had we had parts in our hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they was like, man, y'all got that eighty shit. Like they was just like so <laughs> behind the times. And it's so funny to see how things have shifted to now. The world is a lot more homogenous because again, this is before the time. The internet is popping at this time, but this is before. This like, before Twitter. This yeah, before, before Twitter, media. social media was right. really really popping like that. Mm-hmm. It was still like kind of small scale. It's before. I feel like the country has become so much more homogenous. Like. You still you still gonna have your grimy dudes that that dress how they dress and everything, right. but fashion and stuff like that. Like you, I could get off a plane right now in the middle of Houston, Texas, and it looked just like L.A. Yeah. Whereas back then, you would get off and people were still. I got to Ohio, man. People were still wearing Jabot's jeans and like we didn't even wear that out here. Like right. it, was, it just looked like a blast from the past. Right. And. So yeah, and they shocked, and man. they roasted us because we was like the L A the few like three L A people that came for that program we were all just like skinny jeans chucks uh, skinny dickies like mm-hmm. pro club tees like why y'all t shirts so tight on y'all neck <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you roasting that for like it's just yeah. it's just the t shirts that it's we wear t-shirt. like yeah it's just a t shirt like it was, <laughs> why your t shirt so tight on your neck <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they just didn't like they didn't really get our culture and stuff like that right. Right, and the dude—that was the dude. The girls were intrigued by it. Well, yeah, because it's uh, yeah, yeah, because it was yeah. like it was L.A. It was L.A. Like, it was something different. Yeah, and also you just looked better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you the, just looked better. The dudes was like, "Fuck these niggas, man." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> these niggas think they tight. And like, no, we didn't. We was cool with everybody. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what was your first job? Very first job. This is a funny story. We're going back and forth, but yeah, what yeah, was your yeah. first job? I would say the first. What I counted my first job would be uh right eight right eight yeah when i came Here? home from college yeah how old you know, were you 18 18 okay uh when i no i was 19 i was 19 okay when i came home from college wait a minute how old was i let me see this was winter 
18 turning 19. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is winter break when I first got back from that. When I left Wilberforce, that's when I left before I went to New Mexico. Yeah, because I did. Yeah, you yeah. went to another school. Yeah, and uh, I got a job at at a uh, Rite Aid with the homies. That shit was lit. Which one? Which one? Which Rite Aid here in L.A.? Rite Aid on National Boulevard, by gotcha. uh, in on the West Side in Culver City. I think it's called like Beverly Wood Plaza or something. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and I got a job there with my homie Johnny, my homie Isaiah. What you like the most about it? What I like the most about working there? Yeah. Uh, that I worked with my friends and we okay. was lit and we got to eat ice cream all day <laughs> until they stopped it's good us. Good ice cream yeah. too. Until until the manager was like, "Don't be digging in the ice cream no more." <laughs> like she started, and we and she was actually like the cool manager, so we yeah. must have been really taking Y'all advantage was really of that fucking shit. That shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was cool as hell, and it was Irene. Shout out to Irene. <laughs> but yeah. like, uh, she would just be like, "Don't let me see y'all in this damn ice cream no more." Yeah, and then, like. We would all we would like be giving each other crazy discounts. We was robbing that place blind. We would do uh, dude working at any type of store with grocery in it is so dope. Yeah, because <laughs> you just eat in so much shit that you shouldn't be. We would do load night, right? Yeah, and load night was on Tuesday nights where we don't clock in until eight o'clock and don't get off till five. Okay, and uh, eight p.m. to five a.m. and it's when the truck comes and brings the pallets right. and stuff that we right. restock the store with. Man, we would never, we would always not finish that shit. Cause we would be bullshitting from yeah. 8, 8 p.m. to 5. Like, we get all the stuff off the truck and get it into the store. Yeah. But just like not focusing on packing it right. Not nah, just bullshitting. You just running, fuck, you having fun. You dude. having fun with your homies. You yeah. run, running through the store, just acting a fool. Yeah. If, if there was some, cause sometimes like those type of stores were like, we, they would be trying out a product. Yeah. So they'd only send like two. Right. So I remember one time there was these Burger King. Ketchup and fries, chips, and they only sent two bags, and we was like, "Yeah, these ain't going on the shelves. <laughs> we about to eat the shit out of these." <laughs> and we used to drive that manager so crazy. Yeah, that's so funny. And you only had that job for a summer until uh, you went back. Yeah, until okay. I went back. What was the least thing you hated? Uh, what was the least thing about that job that you liked? Um, the general manager would come in, and he was pretty like shitty. Yeah, and racist and. Mm. Yeah, which is weird. What a, what a weird place to be racist at. At right eight, yeah, he didn't, he didn't. And, and especially where you were. Yeah, <laughs> like just but, what a weird place. But he was probably like, he probably had just come from the right eight in Beverly Hills. And yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was just being dick. Gotcha. Um. So we we know you played Division two basketball. That was mm-hmm. the highest level you went. Yeah. Um. And did you get injured? No, no, you just no, stopped I just playing. Got cut. <laughs> you got cut. And we had a bad playing. season. I follow my friend. My best friend went there on scholarship. Gotcha, Leonard. Um, I follow him there. I know. I know your story of how you got into comedy. You've told the story many times on multiple podcasts. Uh, essentially, you you know you took your first second city class, everything like mm-hmm. that. If if anybody listening to this wants to hear that, uh, Carlos told it many times. What I want to know is when did you just straight up decide this is what I wanted to do with my life? And fast forward into even right now, how do you feel about that choice? Um, I don't regret it now because mm-hmm. things, things are working out like as much, you know, it's still a slow process. I'm still not exactly in the place I want to be. Mm-hmm. But honestly, what I've learned now is that you never are going to be exactly in the place you want to be. Yeah, I could have the dream job I want. I could have all that type of stuff. I think that's the thing that's what I've learned most about, you know, my age mm. is like, but when I knew I wanted to do it for the rest of my life was like, uh, uh, I don't know, like when I was 20, around okay. 19, 20 and basketball was over. 
I called around to a couple. I almost went and played at East LA Community College. I called around to a couple other community colleges. And I was you were like, going to try to hold on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to hold on, and it was like, this is, I don't even know if I want to, do I want to be at practice every day? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be at college? And I just didn't. Yeah. I just didn't. And so at that point, I was like, ah, yeah, you know what? Let me call this quits. This is over with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to not do that. <laughs> I'm going to try this new thing. And I started researching. Like I was like, "What's the, been the most consistent thing in my life?" Like I've always been able to make people laugh mm-hmm. in some sort of capacity. But when you are that person, you don't want to really pursue comedy because I felt like that was like arrogant yeah. to be like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be a comedian because I've always made people laugh." Right. And it's like, well, other people made people laugh. My best friend Leonard is one of the funniest people I know, and all of us, Leonard, Mike, and Charles, who were all my like three best friends, we were all. Very funny dudes. Like, everybody knows that about us. But I was voted class clown. And I was, like, multiple times having been told that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, well, let me just try it and see if I can be successful. And I took my first Second City class when I was, like, 20 and fell in love with it immediately. Yeah. And you also had something different that probably Leonard and Floyd, you said? Charles. Charles didn't Mike, have. Yeah. Uh, which was you had a mom who was in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Uh, to a degree. And that's why, uh, I, did, but that's why I didn't want to do it, though. But, but yeah, <laughs> that is why you didn't want to do it, but you you had something in your life that showed you it was possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? No, no, no. That was just, that was it. Like, I that just, was it. I, and even then, like, all my friends who had encouraged me to be a comedian, I remember they used to say this thing where I'd be like, I'm going to be a basketball player, I'm going to be a basketball player. Like, they'd be like, nigga, you ain't playing no damn basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, you good at basketball, but that's not your calling. Like, you funny. Right. And I'd be like, man, fuck you. Like, right. I'm gonna be yeah. a basketball player. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, well, do you're you're doing it, uh, and like you said, it's it's working out. And there, and and real quick, when when is the time where you thought like I don't know if this is for me? Uh, most, like how recently? Even? Re- my last job. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been like I don't think comedy is for me, but mm-hmm. the the. The route that I was going, like, there's there's bad days at work. Yeah. Where I go, oh, I'm not good at I said your last job as the the job that, the last job. Yeah. yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. Nine. Yeah. Like, when I, I there have been I mean, days. We've talked about this yeah, before, yeah. Where I go to work and and just nothing is landing. Yeah. I can't get them to be on my side about any jokes. Nothing like that. I don't feel like I'm contributing. Yeah. I don't feel like, like, all the work that I put in, all the audiences I performed in front of, everything that I've done just goes out the window. And I go, but I'm not good at this. Yeah. Like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. I get that, man. I mean, I, I'm in a weird position now where, you know, you're in a position where everything and everything that's happening for everybody around you is dope, yeah. and I'm happy for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sure somebody can even look at me and be like, yeah, but Jackie's, I wish I could be doing what you're doing. Yeah. But then now I'm at the level where every I see everybody, like, moving to the next level, and I'm like, I'm I want to do that. That's <laughs> want, always going to happen. That's and that's always going to happen. That's always going to yeah. happen. But it is something that you that we have to fucking just My get, best friend get in over. comedy got my dream job. Really? And I mean, yeah, Ego Woldem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, SNL. And I'm so happy and proud Yeah. for that because it feels like a win for me too. But it was yeah. still like, damn, man, I want to go. Yeah. I want to be there. And I'm saying that as I'm in a room where it's a million people's dream job. Yeah. So and it's like, like <laughs> a show that is very successful right yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm probably in a better position. Like yeah. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
let's go a little rapid fire here. Let's go a little rapid fire. Uh, I feel like that we've gotten to know some really dope stuff about. Do you know up. me? Do you know me? Do you know me? Ooh ooh ooh. Uh, what's your most memorable vacation you've ever taken? <laughs> that time I almost got robbed in Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. You did get robbed in San Francisco. Oh yeah, but this time <laughs> this time was like a face to face robbery. Oh shit. That yeah. was a that was a breaking and getting the car broken into. In yeah yeah yeah. That wasn't nothing. This was like. Oh, we in this hotel room. Three niggas just walked in. It's time to go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Did, did, was weapons involved? Uh, I don't know if they had any weapons on them. Okay, but, but you got was, out of they there. They was gangbangers from L.A. too. Okay. And they was in Vegas, and I was just like, oh, uh, that's, what, a, that's a story right there. But we ain't got no time for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it one day. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the craziest thing that happened then? We can talk about that with that, with that specific story. Oh, I just got my pockets checked. And uh, I oh, so they actually was checked able you. To, well, they... I did it myself. Okay. Because I, you know, you was I like, wasn't no, <laughs> I wasn't no, yeah, I yeah. wasn't no hoe. Like, right. I wasn't going to be like, you ain't finna, you ain't finna check my pockets. Right. I'll show you what I got in my pockets just because this is dangerous for me. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> but right. I, you ain't finna check me. Gotcha. Like, we'll, we can all fight. Right. I'm a big dude. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, unless you got a weapon, we going to throw some hands Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Like, yeah. Because they was all like, you know, like, kind of skinny-ish, gangbanger, like, you know, Thug dudes, I don't like using that word now because it's been co-opted by racism. Right. But they, that's who they was, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was just like, all right, look, man, like, I ain't got, I got to tell you this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah. talk about it. I know everybody's like, tell it now. Yeah. Well, no, niggas. No. We'll tell uh, <laughs> do you have a happy, <laughs> like, memorable vacation? Oh, yeah. Whether even, like, younger or anything like that? Not yeah. saying that wasn't happy, but. Uh, I went to New Orleans for New Year's this year, and it was very fun. That same, yeah. yeah, yeah, that seemed like it was fun. Yeah, 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 that's dope. And uh, your and New every Year's... festival that I've gone to with the team, that's cool. Every improv comedy festival that we've gone to has always been a. Fun it's weekend. always fun, dude. Yeah. Like that's why DCM was always so fun because it's just yeah. like it's like summer camp. Yeah, it's just very fun. It's just so fun, man. Uh, and you don't even you don't even know it's gonna be like that until yeah. it's, you're there. Until you're there. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had any nicknames as a child or as an adult? Uh, Lil Carl and Scoot. Scoot. Where does Scoot come from? I don't know. No? I don't no. know. My family just called me that. Gotcha. And they still call me that. And Lil' Carl because my dad's called him. He's Big Carl. Gotcha. How are you most like your mother? Uh, I think I am like her because I, I talk too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's ways that I I hear myself being like her and, I, and it's qualities that I don't like about her that I try to not do. So like anytime somebody is telling me a story and I make it about myself, I go, mm-hmm. let me stop. Let me stop. The yeah. story is about them. Gotcha. Because she does that. And she don't check for that. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's probably like the how are you unlike her then. That's yeah. that right there. Cool. Yeah. How about your father? How are you most like him and unlike him? Um, He's a real funny dude. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I get the humor bone from him. Mm-hmm. He's a real likable guy. Uh, <laughs> what's so funny is like last time I was home and I visited him, I walked outside and he was like out there talking to his friends and all of them were like these like town drunks <laughs> and like just like you know down on their luck looking dudes yeah and i'm like why are all these dudes hanging out with my dad and they yeah. and then i walk out and my dad's just like hey this is my son right here <laughs> and they were like god damn that's your son boy you look but your daddy the king boy we love your daddy man we love and like a lot of these guys like older than my dad and stuff right, and they, right. he's just like a figurehead that people like to be around that's cool and i think i think i'm similar to that in certain ways yeah what about unlike him? Uh, I don't know him. I don't know his flaws well enough to know what I'm That's not fair. like. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, some people don't 
say no to this, but since you were raised by your your grandma, uh, how are you like your grandma? Um, she was. I probably can be a little selfish at times. Okay. No, I definitely hide my cokes under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> you also live with three adults a and lot of a child. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. I fucking get it. Um, what are your three best qualities and your three worst? Damn. Uh, I would like to think one of my best qualities is I'm very empathetic to people. Mm-hmm. I feel people's pain. And even when I'm mad at them, when I'm pissed, when I don't like somebody, I still feel indebted to like making them feel good. Yeah. That is not fared well in dating. That is not fair well in a lot of situations. Mm. Um, we don't have to give three. You can give one of each if you yeah, want to. Yeah, I think that I think empathy is one that I have, and and I I just like to see people being happy all yeah. the time. And sometimes at the only at the expense of my own happiness. Okay. And uh, a negative quality. What I guess I've been called emotionally unavailable, but I don't believe that because mm. that's like it. I think that's just somebody who's. Insecure and not intact with their emotions, trying to put the blame on me. <laughs> Which is what an emotionally unavailable person would say. Yeah. <laughs> You're just trying to put the blame on me. Uh, I think your emotions are stupid right now. <laughs> talk to me like a talk to me like an adult. That's very funny. Uh, which do you think you have the most of? Talent, intelligence, education, or persistence? Shit. Uh, damn. That's I don't know. What do you think? Um, I would you, say, you know I would me, say intelligence. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you saying I'm not talented? A lot of people <laughs> have talent. A lot of people have talent, but they don't know how to use it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to use their talent. Talent only gets you so far, man. Uh, I think. And 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 it can get people far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can get people very far. Uh, but people that stick around are ones who I feel like are who know how to move in the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say that. I would say that. Um, Thank you. Do you have any special sayings or expressions? Uh, no, just the regular like treat people how you want to be treated. Okay, and just that's fair. Um, I would, I I just tell myself a lot of times just be be more confident, and believe in yourself. Gotcha. Like you can do it. You wouldn't be in this position if you couldn't. Gotcha. What's your favorite book? Holes. No, really. Uh, I was, was in the I, I was in the stage playing holes. Yeah, the actual ten year anniversary with Lewis Sackar writing it. That's tight. That's yeah. a that's the first book I ever read cover to cover. That's I funny. guess my favorite book would be uh, uh, damn, I I don't even know. The SNL book was really good. Okay, I just read a book about the Clippers that was really good. Jalen yep. Rose's autobiography was really good. I read oh Gucci Man's autobiography was really good. Really, yeah. I wouldn't expect and that. I read Pimp by Iceberg Slim that was really good. Nope. What about favorite movie? Favorite movie is Coming to America. Great. That's a yeah. great one. Uh, you just did that recently with uh, yeah. intended viewing or something like that. Require yeah, viewing. Require viewing. Um, one person you admire most in history. Ooh. I really dig uh, I really dig Dave Chappelle. Okay. And uh, also LeBron. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. If you won a million dollars tomorrow, what would you do with the money? Um... I would pay off debts, me and my mom, get her a place and get me a place, and then see what I have left over. Dope. And turn up. Hit turn ASOS.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just keep working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just Love keep it. working. Um, what's the best compliments you've ever received? Um, best compliment I ever received was that I was really funny. Who told me? Uh, 
Diddy told me I was really funny one P. time. P. Diddy? Yeah. That's funny. That's dope. Um, that was, was It was when I did a table read for some movie that he was producing. Oh, that's and cool. I did, and Michael, I, I was playing Michael Strahan, and I was doing a Michael Strahan impression. That's very funny. And he wasn't really laughing like then. He was just like real focused on the script. Right. Bill Belling was there too. He also said that I was really funny. He's like a, like, you know. Watch, right. watch him growing up, so yeah, that was cool. Absolutely, and he and he walked up to me after, like, man, that was funny, man. And then yeah. Diddy, when we he like they would like went and did notes with the other producers, and he came back in. He's like, thank y'all so much, really appreciate it. And he was as we were all walking out, he was kind of greeting everybody coming around, and he was like, what's up, man? You were really funny out there. I, I like that. I like what you did. I like that there. That's cool. Like, oh, that's tight. All right, that's Diddy, cool. thanks, man. And that <laughs> sounds like that sounds like Diddy yeah. too. Uh, what's the one thing you've always wanted but still don't have? Ooh. Uh, one thing I always wanted but still don't have, six-pack abs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Last two questions. Last three questions. What have you liked best about your life so far? I like that I've accomplished some goals that I've set my mind to. Okay. Like, it feels good to have done that. All right. What do you feel has been the most important success in your life? The most important success I've had in my life mm-hmm. is uh I want to say I mean I know it's it's small scale and I've done more mm-hmm. than this but making getting on ASCAT at UCB okay. which is like the main yeah. for those who don't know it's a big deal it's the main show at UCB it is the UCB show yeah and getting asked to do that and becoming a regular person in that and that team is has been a pretty big success. That's great. What about frustration? Uh not not doing well at character showcases. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the SNL <clears throat> track. Yeah. Yeah. And I have not done well enough to do Montreal just for laughs mm-hmm. or the SNL showcases. And it just it's like, damn, what am I not doing? And yeah. nobody not being able to tell me. Gotcha. And also, oh, bigger than that, not being able to, uh, not finding a wife yet, <laughs> and not being able to know what know what I'm bad at in basketball. Okay, you know what I mean? Like I why? Because yeah. because it, it's just why, like why couldn't you make it? Why couldn't I make it? Because it's 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 a weird thing of like. I, I know I can go out on the court and I can give a certain amount of points and put up a right. certain amount of numbers and know certain moves that I can make that people aren't able to stop and I know my strengths, mm-hmm. but I don't know my weaknesses. Gotcha. And so it's always like whenever I like get benched, I think I talked about it on this podcast mm-hmm. uh, of when I went back to my alumni game and my coach from high school yeah. still didn't fucking play me. And I'm yeah. like, what is your beef with me, man? What do I not do well enough for you? Right. Like, because he did the same thing when I was in high school. Sophie remembers, like, her brother played over me. Yeah. And, like, no no disrespect to him. Like, I was faster and more athletic, and, like, I did the same things he did. Yeah. And I don't understand why. <laughs> like, right. I was like, what am I not doing? But I, I I don't know if it's a drive thing. I don't know if I was – I think what it is is I think I was too goofy. Gotcha. And I didn't go as hard as other players did. Okay. Because, like, Elon, who's our best player, he went hard constantly. 100%. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Mm-hmm. Wrap it up. If you could write a message to any children or grandchildren that you'll eventually have and put it in a time capsule and they're going to read it 20 years from now, what would you write? Write a message to my kid? Yeah, and they're going to read it 20 years from now. Uh, R. Kelly's innocent. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Don't matter what they say about him <laughs> these days, future kids. Uh, take those contact computers out of your eyes. Minority Report. No. Um. Be persistent. Okay. Be, be empathetic. Care about people more than yourself. Care about care about stuff bigger than yourself. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, we just got to know Carl Tart on this evening with Jacques. Carl, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For doing this. Welcome back. Thanks. Always a king. Uh still banned from Still banned from still everything banned else. From Daily Zeit guys. Yes. Behind the bastards. I don't even know what that is, but I'm banned from it. You're banned. You're banned from it all. But you know what? You're always welcome here. Carl. I appreciate it. This has been an evening with Jackie's Neal. We will be back to our regularly scheduled programming of Culture Kings with Jackie's and Edgar very soon after this. So if you want to talk to us about any of this at Culture Kings Pod on everything, you can find me at Jackie's Neal on everything. You can find Carl Tart at Damn, at it, Carl. Damn it Carl on everything. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic evening. And Carl, since you are the guest, please send us out on a song. Mm. Now, Jaquise, this evening with Jaquise is not the show that I built. (laughs) But on the original show that I built, I would always send us away with a deep cut. Mm -hmm. A deep cut of a song that I like and love, and I hope you will too. And this song is no exception. Uh, It is one of my favorite Songs of the 90s, and it's from 1994. Mm. It's by a group of very soulful, soulful black queens called Brownstone, and it's called If You Love Me. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your evening. What's the most memorable phone call you've ever received? Uh, the phone call, most memorable phone call I've ever received. This is gonna, this is gonna. I think I may have talked about this before. Okay. The most memorable phone call I've ever received. There's been a lot. Mm. Some good, some bad. Yeah. Some about a job. Some about some bullshit. Mm-hmm. This one has always stuck out as being very funny to me, and it's, it's pretty uh, re- uh, prevalent now. So my mom has always been a very young-looking person. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't look her age. She hasn't, like, most of her life. She looks younger than who she was. So when I was in seventh grade, <clears throat> seventh or eighth grade, uh, she had worked on a, the Soul Train Awards. Really? Uh-huh. Cool. As like a she does she does production on on award shows and stuff. And she had to be in her late twenties at the time. Because I was like fourteen. So maybe like early thirties actually. But she probably looked twenty three. Mm-hmm. Somewhere young. She looked young. And one day I get a call and it's a voice and it says, uh, hey, is is Kiana there? That's my mom's name. I said, uh, yeah. 
uh, may I ask who's calling? And he said, this is Robert. And so I give her the phone. I say, it's Robert. And uh, she talks on the phone for a little while and stuff like that. And then she comes back, hangs up the phone and goes, do you know who that was? I say, no. Who? She said, that was R. Kelly. (laughs) 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 So he he had hit on my mom at the Soul Train Award. Yeah. And I guess she gave him her number. (laughs) That's so fucking funny, dude. Uh, and good she hung up on. Yeah, he probably he probably <laughs> did not know that she was in her thirties <laughs> with a fourteen year old son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. 